Yo, what's up, guys? This is Just Take Podcast episode. What episode is this? Seventeen. Episode seventeen. With your hosts, Remy and Alex. We're missing a few people today, you know, but you know we're gonna hold it down. The main guys are here. (laughs) What we're talking about today, Alex? We're talking about sneaker culture. Yeah. And perhaps individual style as well. So sneaker culture, what does that mean to you? Like when when you say we're talking about it, what are we talking about precisely? Um talking about the way that big companies are able to build consumerism into their brands and their product releases and their hype releases, but also just what sneaker culture means to people in terms of being able to access their culture their own um, design beliefs about themselves and about the collective that they sit in and how a product can be a vehicle for these things in terms of self-identity and um, yeah like a package for people to buy into yeah. because they're not just buying a trainer they're buying you know maybe it's like a, a special release to do of an event like a holiday or like a person um, so it's like buying into a part of that through a shoe so that's why collectors buy these things but it's a very interesting thing that we can talk about um today yeah i wanna we haven't really planned this in terms of like how we're gonna break this down how we're gonna specifically talk about sneaker culture and what's been going on recently i mean i would i would talk about like how i would break it down is kind of like the brands that are involved and what i've been seeing on going on recently do you want to do you want who wants to go first? You want you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? You go first, and I'll chip in as and when. Okay. So, what I've seen recently, I would say probably in like the last. Nah, it's too low. Oh, you're interested in it. All right. So, um, like, Lanvin, the curbside sneakers for the past couple of years. You know the French brand. Um, seeing a lot of the, upper echelon like the rich rappers because, Lanvin is like three four bills at least for a pair affordable (laughs) the opposite of affordable yeah someone reaching like six bills and they're usually paired with like you know them kind of flared ish jeans probably from gallery department so the jeans already set you back three bills at least or even chrome hearts jeans so that let's just go out to like five grand then plus when you had <laughs> when you had the trainers, that's sort of like half fit basically. And that's at least like a bag. Um I've seen on running. I I've seen a, a few, I'm not really into it at all. I mean few always said that said that like I guess Koreans are really into it. I don't know about who else was really into on. Um Salomon, of course. Yeah, that's a that's a big one to talk about. Yeah, a lot to unpack there. Yeah, <laughs> Sullivan. Um, I mean, the whole dad sneakers thing. So that's like Salomon a bit and New Balance, like Nike Monarchs that had like their moment that came and went. Yeah, that's that's kind of what brought on, I guess, um, the Balenciaga Triple S's. Yeah. Um. And then what else? Slides. Slides of I mean they've been around for a while, since like twenty fourteen. I mean like in modern times, because Adidas used to do like the old retro pair. That's why it's a, a, like the beef between Kanye and Adidas right now is kind of funny. Because like 
and Gap. Adidas and Gap were stealing his ideas, but really, like, some of the ideas they kind of had, like, 30 years ago. That's right. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Boots, you know, whether it be Bottega, um, the Rick Heels, um, Rick, Dr. Martin's Boots, yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you think about... Um the state of it at the moment so you've got um people like nike that drop a dunk all the time that like every month there's always a new release or jordans that come and go and have re-releases and then um you've got the seller remarket that um people buy a pair of yeezys for x amount and sell them for a lot more or like whatever is you know low volume and high demand people just put it on StockX quickly um so but we've been reselling for like 20 odd years like it's not like nike talk Stuff like that, it's a bait talk. It's not really anything new. It's just that since the rise of people like Virgil and Bari, you've seen the reselling market. Oh, because the retail the retail price is already inflated, so therefore the resale market is then just as inflated, if not more so. So, I mean, it's really down to people like that, like and Kim Jones. When he did the Supreme LV collab, that's what really got people in the business world talking about fashion because they've seen the money that's attached to it. They've seen how lucrative it is and that's what people care about. That's an incentive, basically, to keep on pushing the belt out and just kind of doing the same thing. I mean, Nike have always got like a plan for um, probably like an old silhouette they want to reintroduce and get people to accost- get accustomed to. So like right now, what they're moving on is the Jordan 2, which I think like looks like a boiling shoe. <laughs> But yeah, the Jordan Two is what they're focusing on. So like the dunks, you, you you're gonna see the dunk decline. It's it's already happening. But I mean, in terms of Nike pushing that, they're more looking to like I think people like Jay Balvin and whatnot and a uh, Bad Bunny or I don't know what the fuck his name is. Bad Bunny. Yeah, to um market the the Jordan Two bowling shoes. Yeah, it's just like very out of touch. It's just like hype. And then when they just like pick a random celebrity and say, oh, he's got a shoe coming out. So. I'm not sure if it's out of touch because it's like... Well, it must be coming from somewhere. I guess they've got an engaged audience. Like I remember Bad Bunny did the Adidas ones. Um, it was like, oh, I got a shoe. But maybe it's appealing to the market because they just buy into the person as an influencer and it still has a vehicle to go, you know, like... Um, they still... Th- you know, and it must make sales off them. Because what they're um, doing is really paying attention to analytics, engagement and like... I mean, Bad Bunny had a thing because, oh sorry, Jay Belvin had a thing because he was really into Bapesters and he was kind of like the spokesperson for that, like co-signing Hidden um, NY a lot as well. Um, like just be really into like archive shit. Not cool shit, but archive shit. I mean, archive stuff is cool, but you yeah. know it's been played out in the last like it's five played years. played out, but it is cool. Yeah. Like I think if they're selective with it. Um, Reebok recently did a collaboration with a design house, um, called Ames House, which Ames is obviously the architect from the last century. I think he was a, around in like the 40s and the 50s. What, Hardy Ames or? Um, Ames or Ames? Ames, like E-A-M-E-S, okay. Ames House. So it's like a modernist architect. Yeah. Um, and Reebok did like a capsule collection. Well, I say capsule collection, like three or four just classic silhouettes, but with like their design pattern with like the mid-century modern style. I really like them because like I said at the start of this podcast, it's like, it's about buying into something and the shoe is a vehicle for that. 
Yeah. So it was like I was buying into mid-century modernism and the AIM stuff. And I think that's where it's really cool. What I don't think is cool is where Nike just put out a shoe um, and call it like the Ice Pack or the Ice Blast Pack and then make three or New Balance do it. Yeah. And then you get these neeks on like YouTube watching size um, guys who are also neeks. No offense. Like two guys sat in front of the camera in, in Manchester. Oh, 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 look what we've done with this shoe. Like they just basically talk about like the new releases that they've started and they've created yeah. as part of the size team, which always just wet. And they like just try and hype up like dead designs. So where does it actually have any value to people? Is it just like a a machine is like look at these trainers that we've got aren't they great and aren't they just like a recycled thing that happened 20 years ago and we're bringing them back out at the ice blast pack and you've got to buy them and by the way they're 280 quid <laughs> fantastic where do i fucking sign up like oh we're going to run a raffle and there's going to be only 200 pieces but you've got to sign up because they will sell out and if they didn't run these silly raffles they wouldn't sign up sell out definitely um so it's all just built on hype so in terms of sneaker culture, I think the positives, I want to buy into it because if I intrinsically find value in it as an individual that's been targeted correctly by one of these businesses and they've done a good pod- like project and a good product, that's fair enough. Yeah. And it's based on who I am as a person and my social group. But if they just, like we spoke about the last podcast, they just make something, recycle it, and then just launch it and put it out there and then raffle it off, it's like, it's like what's it really for? Have you seen the uh, Adidas's NMDS one? They're not very good, are they? No, they're... Well, let me check. It's sort of, they've got them in black. I've seen a few people pull them off. Um, oh, one or S1, you see? Yeah. Wale pulled them off. Um, they had a, a quite a few people um, just wrote them, I think, some, for some kind of um, like lookbook. Nah. No. Sorry, it's this one. Oh yeah, okay. I've not seen them. They're cool. Yeah, I mean, other NMDs are terrible. Like, yeah, really, really terrible. Well, this like Pharrell, like human-made ones that he kept putting out. Like, you know, they didn't really sell very well. I don't think they so, would always be on like size or Selfridges so Pharrell has done a lot. He's done a lot for the the yeah. industry as well. So yeah, I mean, in terms of like design and stuff. Uh, do you are you a subscriber to Threaducation? No. All right, so he's like one of them. He's one of the fashion gurus on on YouTube. He be you know putting people onto stuff like mm, Tyler, Margella, uh, Rocky, Bari, Ian, and now recently um, Pharrell. Mm. I guess talking about their come up, the design language and history, education, stuff like that. Mostly more about designers, but some stylists and tastemakers too, basically. Yeah. So he kind of broke down like Pharrell's, you know, collaboration with Nigo. Um, even how they partnered with, uh, I think it was Puma, Puma or Reebok. In a oh four oh three oh four, did you know that? Yeah, you knew. (laughs) (laughs) So I knew about like billionaire boys club, obviously, but I didn't know that. I guess Puma or Reebok tried to um, help help the situation, and it failed. But then, um, I guess they did it by themselves, basically. Do you think um, it's quite easy for, or it's very difficult? 
um, for a new brand to come into the market and make a shoe that just takes off. Because let's no. say it's a really difficult market to have a route into because there's a lot of shop, like barriers to entry, and it's already run by a lot of um, you know big companies like the big main ones. But like, let's say if like a, an independent designer came along and he actually just did a quality trainer, it um, happens all the time. I mean, it depends. Some some of the some people do it with like brands, like you've seen um, the Red October's. Uh, do you know about um, Kerwin Kerwin Frost? Yeah, with the Adidas that he did. Yeah. With the eyes and the face on it. Yeah. He did, he did like another pair. He did pe- a few pairs. Yeah, yeah. he did, did a like few Vans pairs. as well, I think. In Ram Potato always has like a new pair of crepes. Um, do you know House Phone from No Jumper? He has his brand High Rollers, which he started last year. It's, it's taken off like for oh, real. Okay. So they're not quite Bapesters or like Dunks or Air Forces, but it's a similar kind of aesthetic or silhouette but it's more based on casino and lucky strikes and that kind of aesthetic and it's cool and yeah it's, it's easy for people to tap in because he's actually really good with the desi- with designs um picking collar swatches and he's got a, he's got a really good eye basically and he's not just focused on the footwear alone what about soldier boy yums See, I was never really into like preening it too tough, so I, I don't know. I don't know about that. He just kind of like tried taking on bait. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff. He did like video games console, did all kind of stuff. Yeah, high rollers, high rollers are better than that. Though. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, high rollers seven seven seven. Tap in. Yeah. Have you seen them? Yeah, they're cold. I don't know. You might get there. Yeah, they are cool. They're nice. Yeah, and he's only started a year ago. Yeah. He's got quite a few colorways. He's doing drops, like, all the time. Yeah. As long as the quality is good and the design... It is very, like, bapes, though, isn't it? But yeah. it, it definitely works. Yeah. And that goes for a lot of stuff, just, like, when you're a fashion designer or anything, like, coming into something with your own take on it and there's still an audience for it because it taps into the culture very well. Yeah. It's important to, um, I guess, like build a community. Yeah. Cool. Individual style then. Um, we'll come back to sneakers as well, but individual yeah. style thing is a really interesting one. So, you know, some people say um, style is timeless. You know, you can follow trends and buy all the products that came come onto the scene, like whenever, yeah. whenever they change, you know, each quarter of the year, each year. But style is forever. So everyone has their like trademark pieces if it's not branded or anything, but it's part of who they are and their makeup as a, a uniform. So yeah. um, in terms of like your individual style, how's it changed like since school? And what is it now? If you could put a label on it. How has it changed since school? You know, we went from blazers and ties. Um, <laughs> it's changed so much. It's changed so much. Like, but it's still for me. It's centered around like uh, when Sands and I were skating in like 2014, especially around Stratford. Like for me, it was about the jeans, comfortable jeans, white shirt, and it was about like Air Max 95s. It's kind of like me right now. You're wearing so TNs. I'm, I'm just really behind at the moment. <laughs> Ten years ago. No, because like what I wore. Uh, last time we were here it was basically the new version of that like yeah i had the jeans i had the shirt and 
I'm not really a Nike Five fan. I'm not even really like a big Nike trainer fan right now, currently. Um, yeah, mm. I like Comfort, and to my knowledge, apart from the Nike Air Max Seven Twenties, I'm not seeing a lot of Comfort, <laughs> and maybe the Nike Benassi slides. Um, but yeah, I would not wear the Benassi slides outside the house like that. Um, yeah. yeah. What about Crocs? Crocs. I like pink Crocs, but I'm not sure if That's I interesting you say pink Crocs. I was at Stratford yesterday and I saw a couple both wearing the same pink Crocs. I like I like seeing women, fly women in, in pink Crocs. I think I've seen Rihanna in some pink Crocs. I've seen some, yeah, some fine black women in some pink Crocs. They pulled them off. They did, but they did also like put um, some like multi-colour um, like trippy prints on their crocs, so they, they started yeah. re-releasing them recently. But apparently, people said they're not comfortable, so I don't know. They look comfortable, otherwise, yeah. But I but guess someone wore them. Yeah, a friend that I know, he wore them, and he's not in that. But he, he's from Essex. He he likes um. <laughs> he used to wear Uggs. He likes. Oh, them. okay. Yeah. You used to wear Uggs, did you? No. Would you wear Uggs? No. <laughs> I think Sands. We we were in um. Trafalgar Square I mean, We must have seen The Og Shop Near um, Soho mm. Yeah I'll Tell you what I did used to wear oh. um, Not gonna lie When I was little I mean it is when I was little yeah. But I see adults Wearing them now Like jellies Yeah we used to Wear, wear jellies when we were At the like, beach or something I was like four Yeah or five, Yeah. Like I had a blue pair Same Cold <laughs> Nowadays, people are like, what are those? Like, no, nah, I see, I see, ladies still wearing jellies. Yeah, like white ones, like acrylic white. Yeah, yeah, not a lot, but I see, I see women wearing. But slides, though, definitely, like slides has become a thing, and like it's definitely, you know, big brands making them, and like people wear them in the house, but then also out. Like I'll go to the shop with socks and slides on, but then some people would definitely deep it and like wear mules as well. Is that yeah. is that what they call mules? Yeah. 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 See, um, I've I've been listening to um, Heady One for the past twenty four hours. How many, how many times I've heard uh, him doing talking about doing dirt in his tracking slides? Like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he mentions that a lot. Yeah, so it's a it's a big deal. It's a it's a look, for like for sure. Um, mm, but indiv- track pants and slides, individual style. I think um, um, it should be celebrated. It's definitely celebrated somewhere like London or Paris or New York. Like individual style is, but if you go outside into different places individual style isn't celebrated and people gravitate towards dressing the same as everyone else yeah it's not individual style definitely not celebrated here it's not definitely not you know how many how many weird looks i get from people it's like like crazy like i'll get compliments from people and then i'll get like the haters will be laughing like but they're not even on on shit they're not doing shit yeah they'll be in the same same place as i am and yeah <laughs> so what has to change then? Like people just like stop wearing those. Um, no, no, people are just like predictable. People are are fine with like being in their little box, and you have to really yeah. take into account of where we are and like, how people generally think about how gen- people generally think in the island that we live on currently. Like you know, hidden story, living in Guernsey, yeah. wherever it was, and like Jersey or Channel Islands. Yeah. yeah, like an, an Guernsey, island yeah. of like. Yeah. 200 people and you're the only person wearing like um bbc some, yeah yeah so, <laughs> was it some pink superstars or some shit like yeah it's just people are close-minded and it's either what they know or what they see is not anything really beyond that it's not research it's not really personal style it's friends it's dick riding 
it's um people want to conform and fit in basically so if you do your thing and and stand out i don't know you you come across as probably a a bit weird (laughs) yeah i think there's there's positive and negatives of being part of a a social group and fitting in but then also if everyone starts looking the same there's no individuality or no self-development or self-expression that goes on and people like feel they can't push the boundaries of that the issue is people are very judgmental and oh yeah, yeah, at, yeah. And at the same time, what is offered on the high street is terrible. In terms mm. of well, for for men anyway, in terms of quality, fit, and just if you want something just like cool, you're not gonna find it on the high street, really. Mm. And then your alternatives, it's like they'll be pricey, but then people will judge you because it's like. It might be designer type of thing, yeah. and that's what people will pay attention to. They'll pay attention to the wrong thing, and it's like, well, I'm really, really only doing this because what's on offer in the stores, like that, I can go find easily. It's terrible shit. So I have to go out of my way to find some shit that's cold. And it's like, whether it's designer or not, I don't really care. But it's like, I mean, they're they're offering it. If like. I know, but that's that's the way fashion has been because it's the fashion houses that have come up with the unique ideas and spent this time crafting an image for a reason. It's people that like the um, ready to wear, sorry, not um, fa- fashion re- fast fashion retailers that are more like, okay, I see that's popping. We'll take that and we're gonna do it at a cheaper price. That's all it is, and we're gonna do it like a much higher volume. Yeah. So I mean, like, you just gotta not care about what people think, really. If you wanna, like, find your own personal style, because if you just be stuck there, like, your whole life, <laughs> not knowing who the fuck you are and what you're meant to actually dress like, and yeah, yeah, I think it starts at home. It starts at school. It starts with like your friend group. If you if you wear something like you can't go out like that, or you can't wear like that, you can't you can't do this, can't do that. You look like an idiot. Blah, 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 that what? just trying to like find my find my image and I don't need negative reinforcement that definitely happened to me like you know and it's like a bad thing that that happens like okay sometimes people are like got your back and say no mate don't wear that or something but then it's like on a level it's like if you don't understand it you can't well you can criticize it but you're just not on like a position to like really fully understand it so you criticize it anyway because you know sometimes someone pushes boundaries but like you just get the piss taken out it's like it's not i think that's wrong and then you should get new mates or like gravitate into a different room <laughs> because if you're in the wrong room with the wrong people then your individual style won't blossom and you won't develop as a person it's true but sometimes those around you do have a point i mean so oh, yeah yeah someone said a, a, a interesting line yesterday i read it um i'm not sure if i agree with it sometimes i do like black people won't lie to you they'll say something funny <laughs> so yeah if like i don't know if you're dressing a bit of it quirky or funny there are people that will hate there are people that will say some shit or people that will see the vision and there are others that won't so it's like you really gotta to make up your mind you probably have to have done some research get mm. some different kind of people's opinions and see what's really out there and um yeah yeah i'd say like got experience i'd say like we will have to have like a role to play in life and self-expression is part of that role it's what you know if you wear like a gray tracksuit with slides and you walk through a shopping center you'll feel maybe a bit low or you might 
you might feel like a, a character but if you wear something that's really bold like boots and you know like a shirt and you feel good in yourself yeah. that will affect how you carry yourself and everything else and the role you're playing every day because yeah, we're playing sure. an act and you know individual style definitely leans, uh, lends itself to your confidence levels and who you are and you know it is like a, a narrative that you're conveying to other people when you walk down the street you know I, for some people like dressing like dressing up it's not deep like you know, I know people it's like I just wear the same tr two pairs of trousers because they're functional yeah. every like every week yeah. I don't really like deep fashion I just wear like this stuff I bought at Next 10 years ago but I'm like nice no, it is really like it is like it's important because you know every piece in an outfit for as many people that don't care there is way like there's a lot More of people, people that do care. really care like about right. everything they put on their body and everything that in terms of colour palette style how different pieces complement each other and the story they're trying to, you know, it's a language that they're portraying to the world. Um, and people get it. Like, individual style is really important. And Because um, at the end of the day, it's like, it's illegal to be to be naked. Literally. <laughs> so, I mean, everybody has to dress. And, like, at some point, you're going to give a fuck. You're going to care about, like, what you've the got fuck to. you're on. You've got yeah. to, because uh, it's a competitive world. Yeah. You know, people look at you differently. You won't have better results. Like, this is, um, you know, like, I'm not going to be rude or anything, but, like, I watched this guy on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, I've been on his TikToks before in Cambridge, like, and uh, he's grown substantially. He's got, like, 150K now. He's doing really well. Yeah. And he makes TikToks inside Cambridge and London. Anyway, one of his recent ones was um, he'd, like, go around Cambridge and London and say, is it okay to be fat? Right. And I'm, I'm not going to hate on anyone for being fat, right? Yeah. But people gave him the most bland answer. Like, yeah, of course it is. Like, whatever you do with your body, like, you sh you're entitled to do it. Yeah. If I went on there, okay, <laughs> black and white, I'm not dissing anyone. I'm just objectively saying, no, it probably isn't okay to be fat because you'll get better results if you're not fat. You know, you'll get more girls if you've got six-pack abs and a better-looking body and better skin. You'll probably get a job more easy. You'll probably get more mates that respect you. You'll probably get better results in your life overall. Yeah. Like, that's true. Instead of just saying, no, like, it's a matter of what's in the inside that counts. It's like, no. If someone has a shit dress sense... In then the real world, people will take action against that. Yeah. Exterior is everything. Like, because we all judge a book by its cover and we have, like, a, a snap decision. So... Yeah. Yeah, like... It's nice to think about, like, morally... But when it actually comes to real life, just get a fucking grip. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's, it's like a fine line between rude and like dissing someone and just saying no. Like objectively, like put your ego aside. Like you will get better results if you yeah. take if you take care in your appearance and you um you know you walk into a room and you command a room in a suit as opposed to walking in in like gym kit looking shit. I seen a uh, Triple H on a Good Morning Britain. Yesterday in the suit Looking very Triple H yeah, yeah Looking mm. very good You know he the way he fills out a suit Is very different to the way Regular men fill out a suit Yeah he's Fucking wham <laughs> Like me <laughs> You're right of you something though Like um That kind of The way people talk It was rough seeing um It's not really to do with fashion But I can't To do with media The way um You probably haven't seen it But Adam22 was on the Joe Budden podcast it was rough, man. It was so fucking rough. Like, you've seen Adam grind for years. And um, just the way that Joe was taught and his people were talking about Adam and the way his business um, works, basically. 
it was just really, really, really strange. Like when you're talking about morals and you're talking about, oh, someone shouldn't do this or someone should do that. Someone should like, I just, I'm, I'm worried about people's perception as soon as money's involved in anything. And it's like, it's crass. And it's, it's just kind of, it's kind of corny. I can't lie. Like the peop- the way people gravitate, gravitate to end to anything as soon as there's money involved it just takes away like you can clearly see like adam cares about this and that for particular reasons like he wants to have a conversation about this for a particular reason he wants people involved he wants engagement he wants like progress of a conversation you're not going to have stuff like that if you're unable to tackle issues and actually speak about them instead of just hiding behind like yeah like what regular people would do like especially in media like traditional media they'll hide away from certain stuff they won't talk about certain stuff but like why i like like a pod like ours we would like the way we spoke like last time about valencia it was quite frank we were very honest on both sides we're not just like here just uh i don't know just to say yeah good job well done that's it (laughs) (laughs) like we're actually having a discussion about what's going on so you see like it's commentary yeah i just hate the way people's head just runs away as soon as they see dollar signs and something i just think oh you're doing it for the wrong reasons like i fuck that like especially especially with fashion like people are very um critical yeah i think um yeah, there's sometimes where uh, it's not right. It is, it's not right to be critical, but I think um, just like you know how sometimes you see people who naturally look like they're really trying to have a kind of flair in their outfit, but what they're wearing looks silly. Yeah. Or they're like they're not the most fashion in tune people, but they have like a you know they they put a, an outfit together to convey confidence yeah um and they wear i don't know like tribal necklaces with like converse and like a tight shirt that their dad got in the 90s or something. <laughs> um, but they look a bit dirty but at the same time they're they're really like they've curated it to impress women or impress people yeah it's like people like that i look out for i say like that, that guy's got an idea and he just needs development there's an individual style there because he's trying to be confident and overt in it yeah. um you know if someone wears like a peacoat but it looks like it doesn't fit me it looks a bit silly you still got a back end so no like don't criticize a guy just like develop fuck it peacoats. yeah fuck, fuck peacoats. peacoats but anyway like you know what i'm saying like yeah. um it, it's bad to be critical but be objectively critical and but with the constructive outlook yeah. now some people won't see what i see there like they'll just be like uh, hey you look silly or like you know i'm i'm dressed in my t-shirt and jeans from top man and my plimsolls and i look great like no you don't like if, if if you're not on a level or like there is not a narrative that's that good like people like you're the one that should have the piss taken out of you because you're not trying or you're not having that awareness so mm. yeah um i don't know like i think style is something you can teach but i think it comes very natural to some people so where do you think more style comes from currently do you think it comes from like the fashion houses and brands or is it like no it's different because let's say let's say you're an italian um old man yeah and you've just like got the really cool italian 
style you've been wearing good suits like cardigans like loafers slim jeans you've always had that innate style as part of culture as part of who you are that's not really um he, he doesn't really like get told by the fashion houses or like let's say zara puts in like these fucking silly over shirts and yeah. like ripped jeans um that a young spanish kid might wear but like most guys who have style foundationally wouldn't just like jump over to and fuck with like it's you know that style is an innate awareness um and self-awareness of how to convey oneself regardless of time and context over a period of time yeah that's um, why it's an art form it's an art form and it's yeah. like a genuine um self-expression as opposed to a manufactured expression by a company that trickles down and dictates to you what you should wear every year on year which is just silly like it's not yeah. how humans should be um playing the role they you know it's just like they're an appendage to someone else trying to make money off a trend like it's not good but that's capitalism and marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like i can't lie i love the way americans have been able to revolutionize marketing i mean i think they created marketing to be honest yeah like coca-cola kfc for the branding the logos the colors the message they're really able to convey a story and make people want to live that life and i mean you gotta commend it to them when you're able to do that on a mass scale it's like oh. <laughs> yeah my hat's off to you Ricardo. you know shoestring budget and that yeah but like you see <laughs> not really dior sauvage um adverts j'adore dior um yeah. yeah wells fargo's adverts <laughs> Burger King adverts. <laughs> I mean, it's all to me. It's all the same. Would you shop at F and F in Tesco if you saw something that was hard because it complemented your style? Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll do. be in Aldo. Aldo, sorry, I'll be in Aldo. Yeah, yeah Aldo got some nice yeah. You know that Cyberpunk shop? Is it called Cyberpunk? Which one? In Camden. It's not Cyberpunk, is it? I haven't really shopped in Camden. It's been there a long it. time. We used to go at school, like. It's not called Cyberpunk, is it? I don't know. What do they sell? Like, um, fluorescent rave gear that was okay. a bit of a gimmick. Mm. Um, but I was going to say is like, if you found, uh, you know, a really like abstract shop, and you went in there and like, there's just some crazy shit in there. Uh, it doesn't really have much context to like, you know, fashion in 2022, but you kind of saw something that was like, oh, okay, fuck, like, I, I could actually integrate that into my style. You would do it, wouldn't you? Like, you'd of course. Just, I'll fucking try that. When I used to go to vintage stores all the time. Like, yeah, that's a good one. That's what that's what I'd be doing. Yeah. That's, that's a, a great time, being able to go to a vintage store, knowing that the prices are dirt cheap. Yeah. And just knowing that there's so much stuff, you're going to find something. You're going mm. to find something, like, for real, for real. Yeah. You just got to take your time with it, like. Yeah. Yeah, even when I used to work in a vintage store, it was like that. Yeah, I offloaded some jersey stock through the British Hard Foundation and put some sweatshirts and polos in, the, like, seconds in yeah. uh, Cambridge. And uh, I went back, like, the week after I let them, like, have the delivery. It was all gone. So yeah. people were fucking with it in charity shops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I hope people fuck with it in a retail shop one day. That's, but, how, yeah. that's how I copped, uh, I can't lie, it was, a, like, a triple XL or double XL fucking... Um, I've forgotten what jacket it was. I think it was Helly Hansen. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's nice. That's yeah, nice. I must have wore it on the Remy's Revenge um, like Volume 2 cover. Yeah. Yeah, that was through the British Heart Foundation. That was like £70. Yeah. 
What about people that just like shop all vintage? So everything's secondhand, everything's this and that. So like they, they start to form a style around that. I mean, that's very difficult to do because, I mean, the sizes, the errors of like a lot of the garments is so disproportionate. So yeah, hats off to you if you're able to do it, but you're gonna be in going to so many vintage stores all mm. over the gaff. Especially it's like you can't really if you're actually being serious, you can't really be going to vintage stores in London unless they're actually charity shops. Yeah. Because if they're not charity shops, they're just overpriced. Yeah, they're that not is really they're vintage really stores. Yeah. Like the ones in um in Brick Lane, they're not real vintage stores. They'll just be selling shit for like well above yeah. vintage store prices. It's like retail. You've seen I'm not sure about retail, but like I've seen so many Burberry coats for like two bills. Yeah, it's fucking silly. It's like that's not really a vintage store. If you were selling vintage like Burberry, you'd yeah. be selling it for less than a hundred, really. Yeah. It's been used and washed multiple times. Like. The shit is from like Burberry's old logo from like the sixties, man. Like and you've got like 300 of those in the same vintage store and you're still selling each one for two bills dickhead it's like what's going on it's like that's why like Brick Lane Brick Lane is not I don't know it's not for the people like like that if you go to probably got to Whitechapel when they had vintage stores there I would trust those prices because that would be dirt cheap but Brick Lane is, is is not they don't even have nice stuff in the actual stores and those actual stores are all overpriced i was yeah. talking about the um the market stores that you go to on like a, on a sunday oh yeah yeah, yeah that's where they sell the beverage stuff yeah but the actual stores as well that sell vintage stuff they're actually trash i've been in this in so many so many times i've never seen anything decent yeah even in office street yeah yeah i think like you gotta go out of town basically to go to a, a decent vintage store or charity shop. So like, if you're ever in the Midlands, go go to a vintage store. Mm. You know, you're gonna cut cut something dirt cheap. You ever worn women's clothing? Have I ever worn women's clothing? Probably not. Oh, actually, no, no. Tell a lie. Uh, a gilet, Ralph Lauren gilet, but you can't even tell that it's women's or men's. So. Yeah. I mean, that's probably. I would wear my mum's coat sometimes. Like what? It's like a black or? sheepskin coat with three buttons, like with the shawl. Yeah, it was like a long one that came down to your knee, but it looked sick. You can't tell that it's women's. Yeah, it? only only that it does up from the other side. Okay, yeah, but no one's clocking that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, women just have so much more stuff. It's like it's so crazy. Like fashion is for them, for real, for real, for real. They have so many. Just size of fashion that is just accessible to them. Are there more women with individual style than men then? Easily. Yeah, but but like, you still have like a lot of women that work in a city that live in Clapham and Ballam and they just look the same. If I was to put it to a ratio, I would be, it'd be like a thousand. <laughs> it'd be a thousand, thousand to one. I'm not even gonna lie because men dress horribly. Yeah. As you put anything on. Yeah. And it's like. Women will do the same thing and look ten times better. So that yeah. then becomes individual style because they actually know what the fuck they're doing. I think it's interesting. Like everyone, if they were, even if they're wearing like very basic stuff like a t-shirt, or whatever, everyone has like a personal brand based on the way they talk, like who they are, where they come from, like how they see themselves and how other people see themselves or see them. So yeah. everyone actually intrinsically has a personal brand, don't they? 
So their style is actually built in to them actually uh, before any like fashions touch because of the way they carry themselves, their mannerisms and everything else. Like for I'm sure for kind of guy. like self-aware of that. Like I've got mannerisms that, you know, sometimes like, you know, friends have said to me, oh, you look, you remind me of this guy, you've got the same mannerisms. So, like, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> Nothing like the kid, but <laughs> just like the way I am. Um, yeah, like we will have a personal brand, a personal style. So I think like it's deeper than like actually like the way we dress. It's like our being is a brand and a style. Because you are kind of giving me ANF Hollister vibes currently. No, I'm not. <laughs> currently? I'm not. You're, you're telling me no, and I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but like, grown up though. Yeah. So it's, it's not quite as boring as, as like a M&S, but it's grown up. It's a grown up ANF Hollister vibe currently. Where else would I put that? I'd say... Leo DiCaprio from Royston. I gotta see. I, okay, I, I, I gotta see you in, in like a Montclair or something. Like, I don't no, know. that's not me. That's not you. No. What is you? Chrome Hearts. No. <laughs> um, what is you? I don't know. I've just like tried a lot of stuff. Like I've got different stuff. Like, you know, I'm wearing like straight leg jeans today, but sometimes I wear skinny fit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it just fluctuates based on my mood and the, the event and the time. Like I'll do different like outfits during the day i'll have like two outfits during the day yeah um and i know that i can like work different styles but also be very aware of what i'm doing with it yeah like how i'm creating the outfit um like those days but yeah leave hollister and abercrombie fitch in the bin like that's definitely not me but i think the way that's an interesting point though like actually let's explore that so like the way that you said like you're giving me hollister vibes at the moment based on this white shirt yeah i can see a a and f yeah potentially potentially this is a white revere collar uh shirt um like classic thing um got it from zara actually yeah um but it can be worked in different ways like um but let's say i i wear this shirt and you perceive it differently to how i intended it now, isn't that interesting how, like, someone will put on a style and there'll be uh, lost communication in it? Yeah. You know? And that's essentially what we were talking about earlier. Like, you can't go out like that. You can't wear that. The the uh, the, in, the intention of wearing something is lost because the um, the way that someone else is interpreting it is wrong. <laughs> um, so is it wrong? Is it subjectively wrong? Or is there just not enough thought put into something that... Um, the intended result isn't clear. I don't know what you mean. So, let's say um, someone's style doesn't come off the way they intended it. Yeah. Um, then, therefore, in society or at large, the way people genuinely express themselves, we never fully know the full extent to what they're trying to um, communicate. Yeah. Yeah. It's easily lost in translation. So just end it there. <laughs> <laughs> just finish this conversation's done then say so, like it's just like if you have a style then you're net like no one's ever gonna understand you. <sighs> Deep. No, I think people like You don't to, understand me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> people like to unpack things and people style all the time. Yeah. And like really um address it. Like you seen the beef with uh, Tyler and ASAP Nast? No. Okay, so um Talk on the street is that ASAP Nast has been dressing like that for ages. He and definitely pushes it out, yeah, pushes about that. And Tyler copied that style a couple of years ago, mm. and uh, they've been dissing each other uh, for a while now, basically. Yeah. Yeah. 
but it's like Tyler is the one that got popular for that style. Yeah. But you see like brands on the StockX like every week. They're like the new flavor of the month. What's the new flavor of the month? So this is this is brand. I'm not even sure how to pronounce the name. Let me see. Hopefully, I didn't delete my StockX um, email. I know it's not about sneakers. Yeah, I probably deleted it. Um, it's about uh, Adidas forums. I'm not sure about that. I think Adidas forums, fucking um, the Adidas sambas as well. And like, there's this other brand that do um, I think they do cardigans. They're kind of like a uh, Amy Leon door. How the fuck you say it? Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find this brand. It's not like a jackmus. It's more like um, kind of like a cactus jack. Here's a question. Yeah. You know how like a lot of brands just like pick a star and run with it that's already cemented into the culture and like people go buy that brand, that star. Yeah. How difficult is it for a new star to be completely, uh, you know, founded and then just inject itself and have legs? Like who's coming up with a star? Who are the social engineers that come up with a star? See, it takes a lot of people to make a style a style. You yeah. have a collective style or an individual style. I think you're talking about like we're talking about group group style. Yeah. So it would be researchers. It was go from the researchers. They would see stuff they want to create or recreate. Then you would have the design, the actual design. So then the brand would then sell these designs, but then they would pick and choose how these designs are displayed throughout the like the lookbook, the models. And then I guess the celebs that wear this shit or influencers. And then it goes from there and then you see like trickle down effect and yeah. yeah, you see the trend will be like early adopters and then it's like how long does that trend then last? Is it six months? Is it twelve months? Is it eighteen months? Alright, let's go back to um And then it could be like an evergreen trend like um camo. Yeah. Or leopard print. Yeah. Well, like, you know, we're talking about, like, Salomon, yeah? Yeah. And how that complements the style of people who wear parachute trousers and, like, ultra-rich jackets. They may be a bit shy. I used to play Pokemon and, like, oh, quite intros- introverted people. But, like, I feel like when people just jump into a style, it's, like, because they want to be associated with it and they feel, like, a connection to that social group, which is great. Yeah. Um, I think it's great that if, like, more styles come to the surface as a channel for people to feel accepted or feel like they're part of that group that's not yet in expression. Yeah. Um, and hopefully it doesn't get lost in communication what that style is about. Yeah. So where did that style come from, like, people in the outdoors that aren't really doing the outdoors thing? Well, Gorpcore. Yeah. Um, so from an, a multitude of places, so, like, initially... So the, the, you know what about Amos Sports? They're the company that own like um, Wilson, Arcteryx and Salomon. Okay. So in about 05, they bought Salomon, I think, and Arcteryx from Adidas. 
Definitely Salomon. Um, Salomon are like a French brand and they initially did, I think, like snowballs and stuff, but they do, you know, trainers as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what their vision was because, like, in 2005, I don't know who the fuck knew about Arcteryx apart from the Canadians and, like, actual mountain climbers. <laughs> so what kind of vision they saw for, like, because they were thinking very technologically minded because Arcteryx is then and especially now is very much about the technological aspect of clothing, like like this, like this mammoth jacket, like this is a three-layer. So it's... It's not like a Montclair or a Canada Goose. It's meant to be breathable, but light, and, you know, certain stuff. Um, I guess since then, it was people like uh, Rocky and Frank Ocean. And then you also have, um, like, on, especially if it's on runway, like, I'm not sure if you saw Virgil Abloh have, um, what's her name? Bella Hadid in this like it wasn't a real um i think like off-white or louis vuitton um arcteryx jacket she had on but it was like half of it was a, a real arcteryx jacket shit like that when people see that yeah stuff like yeah, that like the logos become very powerful don't they yeah they become a uh a badge yeah have you seen it um i know you talk yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it becomes elevated to like a, a fashion piece, which is interesting. But yeah, yeah, like the rise of Arterix has been really interesting. Sort of blown up over the last couple of years. Like people started like wearing it, like and it became sort of like premium, and they put the prices like really high quickly. I don't think the prices were always been high because of the technical aspects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then they got a shop in um, Piccadilly Circus and then a lot of other places. Like, yeah. I mean, because like there's Arterix and then there's Valence, which is their like you know Valence their higher range gear which is mostly for like the police force and military and shit mm. that's really really expensive mm. like you thought Arcteryx prices were high already they're charging like six bills for like probably a four layer jacket that's a, that's a lot of money yeah so valence stuff that like exists though isn't there there are there are like jackets that exist that are a lot of money like but they really did their homework and research into making a superior product like on the market before that was Montclair, Canada Canada Goose, North Face, Helly Hansen. These are all inferior products. Like unless you're wearing a mammoth, an Arcteryx jacket, something like that, you're just wasting your time and your money. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah. So when you're able to do that, and then people really wise up and like, oh, why am I going to waste my my money on an inferior product? I'm just not going to do that. In terms of like wasting your money on stuff, yeah. So, um, what about style without logos or without brands? Like people going into a style. Let's say like you take like um, any style that like a big fashion house is doing and they're charging an arm and a leg for it. But then people buy into that style through lower quality brands, but actually like with no logos on them. Um, I think that's great. I think that you know people still want the style, but they don't have to like pay a lot of money for it with like the the central pieces that make up that style. But it's probably the silhouette that's still being copied. It might not be yeah the logos because that's copyright infringement. But like for real, like the silhouette was still like you see all the Primark 
rip-ups that they have in there, even the Zara ones that they have, just like they have Bug Balenciaga, Bug Nike. <laughs> they have so much like literally ripped off silhouettes. They didn't pay for any of those molds. They just copied them and sold them at a much cheaper price. And you know how much a mold it is? Like I've seen um, Ask Pizza, Ask P- you were talking about, you know, how easy or difficult it is to start a brand new shoe. Yeah, Imran Potato, um, Little House Phone, and Ask Pizza, I'd say, yeah. Ask Pizza's got like a, what is it? Nike, Nike t- uh, Uptempo. Yeah. It's not actual Nike Uptempo, but he basically designed the mold from scratch. Do you think, um, ultimately, we're always going to buy the big brands and the big retailers because they dictate the style or can we find our way and just believe on our own style and just buy anything at any given time regardless of like what other people think um well, i say it's difficult because we've been oh yeah, it looks like, yeah, yeah we've been a long we've been a, alive for not like a long time so it's like it's difficult to change stuff that's preceded you and maybe even your parents like yeah Nike Nike has been around since the fifties. How the fuck are you just gonna wake up one day and be like, oh I'm gonna compete with Nike? What about people that wear stuff that is um completely something out of the seventies or a periodic time where they actually yeah. their hair, their shoes, the way they conduct themselves, the way their aesthetic life unfolds is definitely a chosen from a certain specific time. Sometimes it's, it's cool. Sometimes it's just like this guy is a bit odd. Can't be just going around saying groovy baby. Uh, you jive <laughs> You jive turkey Don't know why you're looking at me when you said that <laughs> Wait what did I say Can't be going around saying groovy baby <laughs> um, But yeah like I think it's cool sometimes that people were like actually They found like a like a, You know I watched a, a video I watched a huh? A moment Yeah like a moment in time like where they actually lived their life like that There's a guy on YouTube There's a famous video of a guy in England where He um he lives as if he's in the war times, like literally in like 1918 or something. His whole house, there's no like fully electricity. Like it's not, it's like it is something out of that. And he's like constructed right. his life. Wears like trilby hats and suits and plays, you know, old school music. And like, that's the way he operates. How is he playing old school music from where? What, what, what device? A gramophone. Yeah, he's not got Spotify. He's not being serious. Why do you have a gramophone in 2022? Because like his style and his oh, aesthetics, like are are formed around that because he really liked it. it. Yeah, I've taken it too yeah. Far, so um, our gramophone. Yeah, how much is that shit? <laughs> five pound charity shop. I don't know. Probably no, no. It'll probably be quite a lot actually if he's got a nice one. A gramophone. Yeah, but yeah, like I think that's interesting. And like you know how let let, but on a little little scale, you know how like Fred Perry harks a lot back to like the skinhead era of like the eighties and the fifties, and like and also Doc yeah. Martin do that. Yeah. And, um, know people's style and like the ska movement and like reggae movement like there's a lot of influences that you can see that are passed down from generation to generation i think that's that's really cool that the style features are still in existence and they're still um utilized in different ways hardly though genuinely hardly because products are so new that they're so completely different to how they were 20 years ago it's Mm. like you can't even expect people to be dressing too similarly i mean only women really only women are really able to tap in, like on a, on a, on a mass scale, tap into all kinds of errors, because they just have 
so many different clothes and people actually give a fuck about them when those clothes are being made. Yeah. Nobody gives a fuck about demanding when these clothes are being made. They just make they just make shit. Shit. I I don't know how many shit off white shirts I've seen today. Like so many all the off white yeah. shirts were crap. Every single one. Yeah. Roberto Cavalli was so much better. Even Balenciaga was so much better. The off whites were shit. Yeah. It's just sad. I mean, most of the Yeezys were shit as well. Mm. One Clairs were trash. Moose Knuckles was super trash. Canada Goose was trash. Yeah, for those people that don't know, I went to a, a sale uh, earlier today. It was marketed as, you know, 80% off Gucci, Dior, Bottega, uh, Versace. Yeah, fuck. Apart from uh, Roberto Cavalli, everything else was really, really, really disappointing and shit. Mm. It's like the outlet, isn't it? It's like the stuff that don't sell. Like no, just, or was it actually decent? Like, not. No, this was like a lot of the shit was like just a normal Canada Goose jacket, mm. but it just like was it still expensive? That Canada Goose was probably three or four bills, so not too expensive. Some were, but it's like it just didn't look like I should be getting that. Like yeah. no matter what the price was, really. yeah, 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 yeah. That's how they make their money, isn't it? They just like put a couple ones next to the price it should be. I mean, in a few days though, some some like there might be a greater discount. It really depends. Yeah, it really depends on the brand as well, for sure. Like, um, on the country too, because I, I I feel like out here we get we get the sh- um. Short end of the stick Yeah I mean unless you go to like End clothing The wrong end of the stick Nah Or short, the short straw Short straw Or wrong end I don't know The straw that broke the camel's back <laughs> <laughs> The straw that brought the camel's back I'm not sure what it was But um Yeah when you go to end clothing It's, it's decent When you go to machine yeah. a, It's, it's decent It's very good actually In machine a. But um yeah, there's not, there's not really many, many places to go to these days. Is there any brand out there at the moment as a star that really excites you or not? Yeah, Helmut Lang. Why is that? Isn't it just like basic stuff? It's so like bold typography. Now, yeah, it's more streetwear based, but there's so much history. Um, like, the, there's quality. And um, I think he also had the first painter jeans. The first, like, um, if you've seen, like, the rubber on the, like, rubber paint, rubber um, base paint. Stuff like that. The bondage, bondage clothing as well. Like, it's really important. And it was, like, um, it was groundbreaking. You know when someone does something first and then everybody, like, how many painted jeans have you seen? How many ripped jeans have you seen? Mm. I like the Visu ones. Like, they were decent. Remember um, Ed Hardy and Christian... Audigier Audigier They yeah. were sick With like the, the beads On the jeans Back in the day um, That was a cool style That came and went Like yeah. And it had a moment And everyone put into it And I think that's really cool When something catches wind Because everyone likes it And then it gets hyped For the right reasons As opposed to just market um, Movements The thing is though That was so massively hyped Yeah Ed Hardy was so massively hyped Same way Paul's Boutique was That like when it f- people are so fickle that when when they fall off or they're not people don't care about them so much they're not talked about so much people think they're f- falling off and it's like 
it's hard to fall off when it's like the people that make you. You can't fall off if people, if people don't make you. Yeah. You know where I come from? Yeah. What about um, school uniform? Do you think school uniform should be eradicated in this country? No. Why not? I think everyone just be wearing... Because it all offers an alternative. And it's like... A school in America is brutal. They really have to, like, especially if you're growing up young now. You ever seen these, like, five-year-olds in, like, McQueen's? Like, <laughs> so, like, imagine, like, having to deal with that here. Yeah. It's like, it's great that there's school uniforms. People don't have to give a fuck about that. They just come to school and learn. You don't be giving a fuck about wearing McQueen's yeah, or so wearing Palm Angels. Yeah. yeah, you're meant to be learning in school. Mm. <laughs> like if they would teach you fashion you're meant school, to be being so. institutionalised in school so don't yes. question or be yourself <laughs> never at the same time they take school uniforms here so like o- OTT they take it really seriously and it just doesn't deserve to be that serious okay segue you know how people like try and develop their individual style with working with the uniform they've got where people wear like trainers to school instead of shoes they wear like jeans instead of trousers like girls wear their skirt or like their hair or like the tie in a certain length um everyone like still brings a certain like swag swag or individuality to it like you know year sevens with big bags you could put them in their bags they're so big and like, you know, just like everyone still has that personal brand, even, fr- uh, you know, the light still goes through the window pane. Like there's still like obvious signs of individuality, even when everyone wears a, uh, a uniform. So yeah. in so much as like, if I wear this shirt and you think I look like a Hollister kid or someone else wears it in a different way, then the shirt takes on a new um, form, doesn't it? It takes on a new yeah. language. Um, so style is always individual I think regardless of trends like regardless of the trend at the time people innately have a style um, yeah. even at school uniform level yeah. um, you know some people can make uh, a crap suit look really good other people can't like if you tailor a suit yeah, take it to a tailor and it's like a cheap suit but you tailor it properly it will look more expensive than another suit that isn't tailored correctly Yeah. so style is like you know that's why I'm a million pound guy because I just make everything look minimum. <laughs> it's my style. But yeah, it rubs off on people. Yeah. And uh, if you carry yourself correctly, if you do look like a guy that dresses like the Beatles and you live your life like inherently aesthetically like that, yeah. and you carry it off with a certain level of confidence or more power to you because you work, you'll work it. Mm. Yeah. If you wear like a Pringles sweatshirt, like, like a granddad, but you still make it look fly, <laughs> then that's cool. Or uh, what's it, a feeler or a feeler, yeah. feeler sweatshirt? Yeah, yeah. I, li- I like I like a few brands. I like um, I'm loving True Religion. I'm loving True Religion hoodies right now. I've got a True Religion hoodie. I need to find it. But yeah, I love that shit. Uh, I like Mammoth. This is the only Mammoth thing I have. Um, I probably need to get a warmer jacket when it gets when it gets colder and more wet. Uh, Cause I think this is like a, it's probably like a medium, something maybe. I need to get a much longer one, girl, cause the hood's not great. Yeah. It's a bit, um, it's a bit small. 
Um, eighties, like yeah, these um, I guess jeans that I'm wearing. These are some eighties, eighties jeans. E Y T Y S, whatever. Yeah. Those are the brands I'm fucking with. I'm fucking with Versace actually. You know, I'm fucking with Versace accessories. I see you got the sunglasses. Yeah, I got some uh, Versace slides. Yeah, they they are great. They what are is so the most expensive pair of underwear you've got? Um, and do you give a fuck about the waistband or like, are you trying to flex? So I bought some Supreme underwear recently. They're not the most expensive though. It's probably are they good quality. They're decent, you know. They're pretty. Yeah, they're pretty good. It's um, it's a toss up between probably those and uh, my Ralph Lauren ones. I don't. I don't. I don't like my. Most of the time, I've only bought like bought like M um, and S boxes. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm only branching out. I'm not sure if you saw the survey I did. Um, probably like five or six months ago now. I did an underwear survey for um Pilot Seven. Um, yeah, I ask questions like that about how important the waistband is to people and shit. I think people really deep it, and they like they live very, you know particular lives about the brands they wear and like they how do. expensive they want to buy a pair of underwear for like Versace Versace like pants are very expensive but people buy them not like really. swim shorts as well they're actually not swim shorts yeah but yeah. underwear no unless you're probably going like I, I did a lot a lot of market research because it was part of my um my project so I did that and um because I, I was doing a six piece six piece range and underwear was only like part of it so I had to do some um, primary research and um, the survey is part of the research. I had like 50 responses to the survey. Yeah, if you want to have a look. It was a gen gender yeah. neutral underwear survey. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Some, of the, some of the brands that, you know, people have worn or gone to buy... You know, it's the Victoria's Secrets, um, Supreme, Super Dry. £50 plus for a pair, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, because the Supreme ones is like, probably get like four in a pack. Yeah, £36, I think. Yeah, Dr. Gabbana is more expensive. That's like two for like forty forty two pounds Yeah. But yeah, I guess like if it speaks to them and their style and who they are and who they identify as. And sometimes, you know, they sag their pants and they're trying to flex. I think I think the waistband is important, but it's like um it depends, it depends on what you like. Like I like I like the Supreme ones. Like Oh, you're wearing Supreme right now. Yeah, they they're decent. They're decent, but it's like I don't know, I wanna I wanna I wanna find out what people care about think about the brands. Like, I'm wearing Calvin Klein. Are you? Let me see. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah, they, they're some nice ones. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have Ralph. I have a Calvin Klein as well. Okay, what about socks then as well? Socks. Let's say a pair of Ralph Lauren white socks are quite expensive. As soon as they get their logo on them, they just take on a different level of value for people. I've never bought expensive socks. I've yeah. I buy my socks from M and S. But some pairs are like fifteen pound a pop, and then Gucci ones are like hundred pound a pop. I've bought my socks from Puma and M and S. And when I say Puma, not even from Puma, but sorry, not even TK Puma. Max. They're Slagenger. They're Slagenger. Oh, yeah. You get them in Sport Direct. Everyone's yeah. got those, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jersey. 
<laughs> I have bought one pair, not two pairs of um, Ralph Lauren ones. They were like, yeah. um, not multicolored, but they were like black. And then you had like neon green or like neon orange on the on the oh, like on the Ralph yeah. logo. Okay. Yeah. Apart from those, save those for a special occasion. Yeah, they weren't fantastic socks, but they look great though. Yeah. Yeah. Big flex. I might I might go go for some Supreme ones or something or um I do actually like golf wang socks but I'm not sure if I'd get any. Mm. But I, do you know about Bistroy? No. You know about Bistroy. Just name dropping some shit. I'd, I need to come back prepared. Oh damn. Do you know about <laughs> I don't know. Oh shit. Um yeah, Beastroy. Oh got shit, some it's got the 2001 stuff. That's sick. They've got some great socks. A lot of Kubrick shit. Oh my god. Yeah, that's cool. It's expensive. $100 a t-shirt. $100 a pair of shorts. Probably cost nothing to make. Fair play. Business. <laughs> business is business. What is it? $90 for a t-shirt. How long have they been going? Beastroy, maybe 2018. $25 for a pair of socks. Yeah. $25? <laughs> fucking expensive. Yeah, you probably have to pay shipping as well. Yeah, I mean, they're fucking you, aren't they? I mean, fair play. You know, if it works, it works. There's people out there. I mean, you know, giving people value at a great, great price is something that's close to my heart. And uh, yeah, I hate to see people get taken advantage of and scammed on the internet. That's why you got to go on final sale. You've just got to go on the sale because <laughs> retail is a minefield. Fam, it's a scam. It's a scam. It's a scam. It's a since, fucking scam. Since Virgil started his, his fuckery with, um, what's it called? Pyrex. Yeah. It's been just getting scammed. Um, my friend was in the Stussy shop um, in uh, London and um, he said that he saw a pair of not a pair, uh, a, loads of boxes of Fruit of the Loom t-shirts getting ready to print it in shop and then put on a hanger and sold a Stussy t-shirt. Yeah. And, um, you know, those Fruit of the Loom t-shirts are like $2 each unit, maybe. And yeah. um, they were selling them, well, £2, and they were selling them for £45. Yeah. Because literally just, they put a brand, they put a screen print on it. The thing is, Stussy has been overpriced for a while. I hate, I was thinking about it today. I hate going into that store, you know. It's I just so like the new depressing, store. man. Like everything's expensive. Everyone in there is just like going to have a look at the gallery kind of aesthetic space. It's not even that great. It's just not good. Like it's it's not good to like spend so much money on clothes that don't optimally provide value based on the money you're spending. It's just like okay. a silly it's a silly like narcissistic flex. Like it's just shouting it's just like feeding people's egos, like because they went to that shop and felt connection because they were a customer of that brand. That's why I kinda understand I, I can't i fuck with gallery department's way of doing things i mean the founder doesn't really i mean he's still in charge of the brand and they still do stuff but it's not like active like it used to be but basically they rework their rework stuff so i like i think proleta Riot do that as well all right are we gonna i'm not sure if we can pause Just keep going, yeah. so basically um what brand was i talking about yeah, so gallery department basically, they have like um, they rework like Levi's, and that's what I like. 
like reworking Levi's instead instead of like making a whole new like product. I mean, it is a whole new product, but you're taking something that exists already. You're using what exists. You're not using water to basically make a whole brand new pair of jeans that like you're going to then sell. Like, I like the fact that they're reworking the jeans. I know the the price tag is a bit, it's a bit steep. It's like three bills. But at the same time, I mean, like, people want that. People pay these prices. I mean, it's better than, um, it's better than a lot of things. Like, people do it for, like, custom stuff on, like, Depop. And it's, like, it's cool and all, but when you have, like, a brand like Gallery Department where someone's actually skilled at what they're doing and they have, like, a customer base, like, the, the shit can be sold in, like, boutiques and stuff. It's more, um, it's more professional. And, like, the use of paint, it's really artsy. It's actually, like, making, it's making art. They're clothes, but it's, like, art. I feel like it's a lot more serious and more important than just, like, the average, average brand. I'm be part of me. That's just my take on it personally. And look who's back. So I'm just saying, like, um, you know how gallery department like rework Levi um jeans and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's what I prefer. Like, um, as opposed to a brand that. Spends all this money to make a whole brand new product. Mm. Yeah, like they'll. I understand like the 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 price is like high, and like people might not be. Some people don't get it that okay they're taking these Levi's and they've reworked them. They've added this paint. It's art basically. And what about cloth surgeon? Do you know about that? He started selling pieces in uh, Selfridges. What the fuck basically, just like reengineers night track suits and sweats and fleece. And uh, makes like really cool stuff, like product, uh, like one-off pieces with them, like bomber jackets and suits, and like very interesting. He's got a good Instagram. Well, he's going. He's been going for a few years, and uh, then he started selling these one-off pieces in Selfridges. It says online shop is. It's really cool. Coming soon. All right, I would say look at the Instagram. I'm looking at the collection. I'm sure I've seen this model before. I've forgotten yeah. his name. Yeah, I'm not feeling most of the shit. Okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah. That look, um, yeah. all is unfair in love and war. It's going to be expensive because he's like, you know, actually cut and sew stuff. Yeah, but it's like, but who are you designing who's for? It for? Yeah, That's who's it I'm for? Saying. Like, is it a collective or is it just like niche people? Is it is it a money maker? Maybe not. Um, doing it for the art, I guess. Like. Because it's bespoke, as people are generally ordering it, mm. so it's like. He's off- offering a service, and if people want that. Mm. But yeah, who the fuck are you generally making this for? Because, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, this bandana one is kind of dope. Mm. What do you think about Supreme then? Hello, the big questions. <laughs> this is the part of the show when we ask the big questions. Okay. I would say, like, um, let's go round one. Supreme. Oh. 
AKA Hype Beast Collective. What is a Hype Beast? Uh, Jamal called me a hi- Jamal okay. called me a Hype Beast when You're I went not to Hype Beast. I was wearing basically the same thing I'm wearing now, yeah, minus I was wearing different um, jeans. But yeah, was- okay. What do I think of Supreme? Well, that's a great question. Let me give you a great answer. Yeah, I would say um, there's levels to Supreme where you know. You get the you get the the people that just like buy out of hype and they just come onto the scene. So oh, that's great, okay, supreme. Let's go down to London. Yeah. Let's buy a t-shirt for supreme. I've seen that on the internet. It's really big and popular. <laughs> but then actually, supreme. Well, actually, if you look for a supreme lookbook, yeah, uh, with a bird's eye view um, before it drops, and they give you like the proper photography lookbook, yeah. it's very cool. It's like you can't not look at it and think that's sick. Like that's sick. Sometimes it's hit and miss, but yeah. like it's really well thought out. Yeah. culturally rooted in other stuff like we were talking about like the styles the interpretations there's a clear language and a clear message yeah. and there's a clear narrative but like the the curation of the art department and the art direction is just like second to none it's very very good yeah but the stand-up pieces like the um the t-shirts and all like the caps and stuff like that become symbolic of a culture and a movement like the, the box logo caps and t-shirts they're definitely like predicated towards a person that will just buy it for a lot of money and then that helps like a lot of fashion houses make the, the bigger pieces and the bigger pieces in terms of like supreme in its own right being an art direction it's just so cool like if you look at the lookbook you're going to be impressed yeah and that goes for all ages like our, our old sports teacher see yeah he was a very cool guy very nice guy PE teacher but he used to wear all brands all japanese stuff like babes dusty supreme like yeah. he just had like a really good awareness of shit and he just like looked through the lookbooks of me on the bus like yeah that's cool man that's cool and if you are like very emotionally like socially and creatively aware and intelligent with these things yeah you can't not help but say it's really good but at the same time, Supreme is the behemoth, you know, it's the mothership of like kids in their in- internet hype buying shit. So there's that side to it as well. You know, there's the the marketing, the hype, which allows it to be a big money maker. But when you make the, the really cool like pieces, like the fluorescent puffer jackets and the stuff that's rooted in like artist work, it's a very cool project. Yeah, the... They used to, I'm not sure if they still do, because most of their collabs now are with other brands, but they used to really collab with other artists like uh, Ramelzi, um, like graffiti artists and stuff like that. Like yeah. photographers cool. like Larry Clark. It's like, it's good work. It's good yeah. work. I remember their um, X-rated calendars as well from like 05 and shit. They really set the standard for so much. Yeah. And it's just a shame that it's the way people took to to the brand and expressed themselves and like yeah. that really fucked over the image. Because the person that wears it notoriously now is not a good looking bloke. It looks like he eats ramen noodles and like just doesn't look after himself and just generally like he's a certain guy. But <laughs> that's so. I mean, I'm not. I'm not here I to w- say w- like it's not okay to be fat or anything. But like, <laughs> no, I feel. I feel. <laughs> I'm just I feel saying, like, like I feel like the customers ruined the the real like actual. Uh, decent design isn't it? for sure I feel like they're I feel like they're just some skinny motherfuckers they're just some skinny youths that skinny just like skinny ass motherfuckers they make a lot of money usually <laughs> but they don't know how to dress yeah so it's just like me. with random random ass shit that you're wearing supreme for but like I'm really on this fashion shit so like people I see wearing supreme really be putting it on and know actually how to dress mm. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm gonna show you an example now. 
She's probably got some supreme uh, trainers on. She definitely has a supreme jacket. What do you think of Palace? The way they just like took Supreme and made it their own. Didn't make take Supreme and make it their own. And Palace is definitely not cool. Yeah, it's not. I don't rate it. Um. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 That's cool. It was cool yeah. to have Palace initially, like when I first started going to the store. Yeah. But very, very, very quickly, it turned into some like UK, like Supreme. Essentially, it died out eventually, but it's still, you can go to Palace now and st- like they'll just have a queue there. It'll be a small queue, a lot smaller than Supremes, but they'll just have a queue there. Mm. It's like you're acting like what's in the story is like some mad shit, and it's like it's never some mad shit. Although I have bought two Palace decks, I won't lie to you, I've never bought a Supreme deck in my life, mm. and I bought two from Palace, so that is saying something. But I've also only bought one palace shirt and nothing else. No, no piece of clothing since 2015. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was the um the blue jersey that they had. The blue jersey. Yeah. <laughs> have, have you seen the blue jersey? Uh, I've made a blue jersey. Oh, there's a blue jersey by um, jersey by Palace. No, right. Yeah, they made like this NFL jersey recently. They put out this and they revamped the logo, like changed it a little bit to put out a selection. I mean, I always watch these things. I look at them. I think what they did really well is just like the way they make descriptions on their product listings, like just like, you know, musings of uh, the guy that runs it. Like his product descriptions aren't really related to the product. They're only related in so much that the theme of what he's saying, like he's just like, you know, he'll just make a little joke out of the product descriptions. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's, I mean, it, it's nothing new, is it? But it, it still works because it's rooted in something that is speaking to people's culture. At the time, it was kind of new at that time. Like, yeah. like this was 2015, so, like, that's a long time ago, bro. Mm. Yeah. Um, I remember we used to go to the, Sands and I used to go to the Supreme store. You, do you know, um, Sion, Sion Broughton. Uh, you know Leg and Life. Do you know Milcavelli? Any? Of <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I know Milcavelli. Yeah. Okay, so Sion, Sion, and uh, Milky, uh, in the same crew. And this is when Sion used to work in the Supreme Store. So like 2013. Okay. And um, <laughs> is he like a celebrity now? Yeah, because he's, he's friends with Skep, and yeah, he helped him with some music shit and that. Okay, but when he used to work in the Supreme Store, he was hella rude. Like, Why is that then? I don't know. I think I think it was like a prerequisite for like Supreme st- um, workers to just be rude to you. That's so right. Like, every time you cut, it's like it's not even like a London thing or a UK thing. I think it's like a worldwide thing. <laughs> I wonder if they just got tired of the kinds of people that went in the shop and they got fed up with people. It's like you come in like a normal store, you look at the clothes, and then like, but it's because like. Back then, I don't think they used hangers too tough. So you just, like, look at the clothes or something. Or no, even if the, the clothes is on the hanger. Yeah. And, like, Sion would just be watching you. No, don't touch it. Like. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh, you can't even almost touch the clothes on the hanger. As soon as you do, man will come back, like... <laughs> <laughs> Move it again. Get out of the shop, yeah. Yeah, that type of, like... You're not going to buy anything, leave. <laughs> type of, I don't want you in the store and don't touch the shit. Like. Yeah, it's like I said last time when I went into the, the OVO store, like, a while ago, and they had my bag oh. on me, and they were like, can you leave your bag outside? I was like, why? I was like, I'm not going to ask you why. <laughs> you know why. 
What the fuck is that? You know why? Was, uh, no, I didn't say that, but like, you know, it's fucking, they just think there's going to be some shit in it. And it's just like, it's just not a way to treat customers like, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just like customer experience is so essential. I was in a, I was in a queue for a pub yesterday, not even a queue, just like walked in and uh, the bouncer was like, nah, sorry, we're closed. Like, we're not, because things are going on. He was like, I was only joking, but don't cause any trouble, yeah? Like, what the it, fuck? What the fuck? Like, I'm just walking in. And that was saying, you know, just like customer experience always comes first. Not, I would just leave. <laughs> it's like, fuck your pub. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, I've done nothing. And, yeah. you know, whatever predisposition you have about anyone that comes in your shop, like a customer or anything, or any mood that you're in that day, leave it at, leave the, door. It at the door, man. Yeah. Don't take it out on someone that you could get a sale or feel good. Like, they could change your mind because they've got a positive energy backing up. Like what they, who they are and what's going on at the time. That's one thing I'll say. End end is different. But I went to Dover Street Market. Had a terrible experience there. That feels so noncy. Like I just feel like very pr- not noncy. That's the wrong word. Um, <laughs> narcissistic. Like just like you, as, as soon as you like walk in, there's just like this fucking radiation that's emitted. That's like you must be a lifestyle influencer that has a snotty fucking stick up his ass to like walk around in this place and be like yeah I'm part of this fucking clique like it's not, Dover Street. yeah it just genuinely commands some kind of like level of narcissism when you walk in that shop now I know what I'm saying is controversial a lot of people are going to defend it it looks like you're about to but there no, no, I, mean, oh, well, I just feel like sometimes there is just like okay the way that their brand works the way their website works the way they've they've got a huge store with like a coffee shop and a workspace and different kind of like levels what's the coffee it. shop I think it's at the top floor I've been to the top floor. I haven't been to the coffee shop. Uh, maybe it was maybe it's gone because the last time I was there, I was there. When was, did you go last? Uh, I don't know, like a couple of years ago. Oh. But I know they've got a new shop. Um, it, wait, wait, wait. It's, was this Dover Street Market in the original location? Yeah, this is the one near um, near Trafalgar Square, kind of. Yeah, th- they were originally in Dover Street Market. Then they yeah. moved to where they are now. Uh, okay. I've never seen that coffee shop. But go on, sorry. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I'm just saying, like. Let's. So what I'm touching on here is, you know, when you walk in a shop and yeah. they're playing music and there is a, a vibe in the shop, yeah, and then that puts you into the buying mode of being the customer that they want in the shop, yeah, and you start to like vibe with the music, interpret that with the way you walk, the way you speak to people, the way you engage with the people that are working in the shop, and the way you look at the products, mm. and you become that customer very quickly, subconsciously and consciously as well. Yeah, um, I feel like some shops command you to fit their mold and then you'll buy the product based on the, the prices and the sort of like um profile that they expect of you and i feel like that is somewhat manipulation like psychological manipulation into people that is uh, and you might look at me like that like, it's not that deep but it is deep like because they are manipulating you in, into a sale based on all of these things give me an example sorry I'm trying uh, to understand. Okay, well, I'm not disagreeing. Okay, let's just say JD Sports. Let's take the JD Sports. Like yeah. they have like a certain music on. They have a certain product in mind. You will ina- inevitably behave in a certain way. That's consumer behavior, and it's being influenced by the store and the store layout, the store uh, vibe. Yeah. Or if you go into a Gucci shop, or if you go into a suit shop, or if you go into any kind of thing like you know Charles Tirrett to buy a work shirt, mm. then you have like a persona and you put on like a front that you're. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I've got some money. I'll buy four shirts for a hundred I'm a dickhead <laughs> oh yeah um, I have breakfast at Pret-a-Manger every day oh, so you know you have that kind of like level of um, yeah manipulation where you, when yeah. you set up a shop you want a customer to take a certain behaviour and a certain action and you'll isn't, that visual, isn't that visual merchandising it's though? everything it's everything that goes into a store yeah so let's come back to it is that right or wrong is Dover Street Market a fair business 
or is it just like a scam that's like a scapegoat for like selling a pair of Converse for £130 or is there inherent value? I think there is inherent value to be fair with the Comme de Garçon play Converse but I think some of their products just aren't great which is why they had a big sale on recently and there was some crap products on there maybe from like Japanese artists and stuff but it was just it wasn't good like See it, you're talking about CDG when I say yeah. Dover Street Market there yeah, with Dover so Street many. Market as well, there's still a lot of brands that sh- yeah. like sell through them. Yeah. Um, and there is a lot of like really cool art projects that go into that shop. Yeah. Um, and the layout, I like the way that they've got like three products laid out and stuff. And like there's some very creative ideas that go into that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if you, if you, you know, just like any lifestyle business, you become the customer when you look at it and, and it speaks to you and your association with that business and it reinforces the self. Yeah. Um, it's all manipulation, but it, at the same time, it's not manipulation because it's an agreement with the self into what they're looking at. See, our um, experience with Dover Street Market was very different the last time. So um, we got followed around Dover Street Market this time, like every single floor. Like so like the, the people working guard, there? Yeah. Oh, like why? Because they're black. What the fuck? Shit. It's me, uh, my girl that and I fucked. and like... It was every single floor. Just imagine, like, you're looking at something and then you just see the same guy just walking around, like, just to keep an eye on you. It's like, what the fuck? It's some weird shit. Did you buy anything? No. I mean, like, I didn't like the Supreme stuff there. Um, they don't have, like, a lot of brands that I like. They just have, like, Raf. I like looking at Bottega's section, for sure. The Gucci section was a bit boring this time. Raph section changed. Rick Owens was nice, but I didn't really see stuff I liked. Prada was even worse than it's been really. And Balenciaga is overhyped and overpriced, so it's not really. It's more to look look about the architectural designs and the new installations that they have. Like every time, it's it's a, it's an art piece. It's like a, it's an ex- exhibition for clothes. That's what it's about. Going, yeah, that's not, exactly what it is. Yeah, it's, it's an like. Exhibition. Because I, I, I read Vogue quite frequently. Yeah. So it's like, especially the first time I went to Dover Street Market, it was like, wow. Every t- like edition or like volume of Vogue I've seen, this is like one of the first stores I've been to that I can see like the marketing from Vogue like literally in my face. Like but on the shop floor. Because they, the way they curate each brand's like little retail spot, it's quite specific and it's like it's not like a you go to like a, um a jw anderson where it's just jw anderson clothes it's like here you have so many different brands and it's like the fact that they take yeah. time to curate each single one yeah. i fuck with that and you can just go from floor to floor to floor to floor mm. and it's literally shopping experience yeah you'll be there for like a good 40 minutes okay so let's go back to the fact you said it's like an art gallery it's like an exhibition okay yeah so there was a youtube video um came out a couple years ago about a guy that um went to ikea and (laughs) bought this like crappy painting and then he exhibited it in a in a in a gallery yeah and then he went around with a microphone and camera he was like so what can you tell me about uh this this painting oh you know it's really great oh my god it reminds me of this artist and then he auctioned it yeah. And he made loads of money. He bought yeah. it for like 15 quid, made like two grand on it. Yeah. Uh, because it, the environment dictated its value. And I feel like that's very much what these businesses are doing. But um, or you, in terms of like a Dover Street market? It's like, a, like a, an average product. Yeah. 
that oh. has a lot of branding and marketing attached and then it's placed in a, a gallery exhibition um, Amongst, environment yeah. and then people walk around that environment and it immediately takes on this sort of elite fucking value status whereas beforehand as an article in its own it wouldn't have that so it's everything around it it's the brand experience and, and the marketing and everything about perception and the environment and the emotional um, experience that someone um, has when they are in that environment and then they, they're engaged to buy it for those reasons that's true it's a mix of um, what Virgil and um, Kim Jones are responsible for. See, Virgil. Um, wait, what? Sorry, what was your point again? I just say, like, simple is um, a product can be put in an environment and marketed in such yeah. a way where, if it wasn't in that way, you wouldn't see value in it. So Virgil, his design language is basically he never wants to change something more than like. I think like fifteen percent, something quite quite low. So he'll take a product and not change more than fifty percent about the product. But it's like he's taking something that exists. He's not creating something. So based off that, it's it's, it's kind of the same thing. Um, who was the other um, example I gave? Kim Jones. Who? Did you say Kim Jones? Yeah, yeah, Kim Jones. So Kim Jones, he was responsible for the LV. Um, Supreme collaboration. That's the same yeah. kind of thing. That's put in. Yeah. This the a way Americans um, describe it is like mixing high and low culture to create something that's um. It's been quite um, a big theme for a lot of these brands recently, like Adidas and Gucci and North Face and Gucci, and the way these collaborations are taking part. Yeah. Because there's a huge market for it. Yeah, like uh, Balenciaga's Simpsons collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we've we've spoken about <laughs> quite a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's go back to where we started. So sneaker culture. Um, what do you think of the Nike Air Mags? Um, and would they should they be around and should they be that much money? I think it's a great project, but I think it's just like a staple example of like you know this whole kit kit game culture, like going sneaker shopping, like having this like hype placed on you and then spending loads of money on sneakers, like. It's definitely a very clever marketing tactic and it's just like a clever business because people like, you know, $4 to make a pair of off-white Jordans but X amount they sell them for. And it's just clever. like and But I don't... It's just like, where the value? Like, there's a trade-off and it just comes back to like allowing big business to like carry itself on as a machine that people just like are manipulated by and buy into it. I think, you know, sneaker culture is only just an excuse to keep people hypnotised into buying the next thing. Yeah, because the businesses need to make money. Yeah. I mean, it used to be, it used to be about, uh, used to be, a, I mean, I can't lie. Since Kanye's had his way with Adidas, people have really stepped up their footwear games in terms of the design. You have the Dior runners, you have the Balenciaga, all kinds of Balenciagas. Balenciaga Triple S is fucking, um, the Balenciaga runners. Like, what other, other stuff do they have? Um, all the Yeezy footwear, I mean, the Asics, On, Salomon. Like, there's so much going on. Like, it's not all about Nike. It's not all about the Nike Dunk. It's not all about Crocs. It's not all about Hunter boots. It's not all about Uggs. There's just mm. so many. Like, so when you say sneaker culture, I know it's sneakers, but it's shoe culture and there's mm. so much currently going on. Mm. 
It's like if you're really into just one thing, which is what people in London really tend to be, it's like it's the dunks, the panda dunks or the green and white ones. or Yeah. Or you might be a, a Yeezy head. You might be wearing some foam runners. You might be wearing some... I don't know, but the Yeezy trainers, like two, I don't know, 300s, Vantas, I don't know the names, but 700s, all that shit. I don't know, it's like, it depends on what kind of wave you're on, depends what your friends are doing, Mm. kind of music you listen to. Mm. For me, I always dress for the weather. So first and foremost, I dress for the weather and I want to be comfortable no matter what the weather is. So that's just what I go for straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Would you wear in the winter? Do you wear a pair of Tims? I've never a worn thick, thick pair of boots. For this winter, yeah, that's what I've planned to do. Basically, I've planned. That's why I got the boots like last month because I knew when it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I want to wear. I want to wear boots. I'm gonna wear some jeans. I want to wear these jeans as well. Yeah. If you um, if you wore a pair of horse riding boots. That went up to your knees. Yeah, and you were like, and I said, you can't wear them. But you said, no, nah, it's my style. What should I? Should I just abstain? Or you like? I think I respect it. I was like, yeah, fucking do it. And I feel like that's happened a lot with like a lot of celebrities, like Isaac Rocky or like people at that level, where they just wear some shit and be like, right, that's just they just they they have the confidence to pull it off. Yeah. And some people are like, well, they're really you know, they're really affecting like how people can dress now because they're allowing a new door to be opened there but that does not happen what i see all the time is like people like vogue or pop sugar i don't know these these editorial these um pieces of media that will talk about the harry styles or um zendaya or fucking what's that lady lua dua lipa yeah. They'll talk about them having like the or um Billy Eilish. They'll just wear something, it's like, oh yeah. they'll they'll describe the trend and how this person is bringing that and showing that off and Brave. Yeah, but it's like it's always some shit that's always been done. It's never anything about breaking I mean, unless it's Harry Styles and he's dressing like a woman yeah. or wearing women's clothing, I should say. So brave. Yeah, unless it's, unless it's that is like that's that's what's groundbreaking in people's eyes, and that's what is fashion forward, yeah. doing shit that has been done before, but you're doing it, and because you have you're assigned to a label, because you're a musician, and because you're a celebrity, these things are taken note of and shown to the public. Like, oh, this is the most fashion forward person, your generation right now, yeah. and it's like. If anybody with their fucking brain yeah. saw this shit, they would say, well, that's just not right. Without any kind of like predisposition or like bias. Yeah. What do you think of Shia LaBeouf's style? I think he's been pretty um, influential. In the past, he's had style for sure, but it's like his personality and acts of... <laughs> I think he's like influenced Kanye as well. I can see that. And that's pretty fucking dumb as well, isn't it? When, <laughs> when you actually think about it, <laughs> the idea that Shia LaBeouf is the one, is, is responsible for influencing Kanye and Kanye's style. Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, Kanye is one of those people who's had so many different styles and will continue to. It's yeah, like definitely. he's had so many different eras. Yeah. He's had, like, 
if you've seen his drink champs and how he talked about being a fake backpack rapper basically for mm. what he knew it would grant him. <laughs> he knew he wasn't actually dressing like that, but he knew that it, the effect it would have from being able to dress like that because he knew he wasn't gangster enough to be one of the gangster rappers, but he wasn't really a nerd like that <laughs> to like just be wearing a backpack and shit. Yeah. So he, yeah, he's he's had different, um, like little errors. He's had, you've had like, um, kind yeah. of high top fade Kanye. What about KSI? What, what about him? <laughs> be be straight with what 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 you're you're getting here. I feel like his his style awful is just terrible, and it just shows awful. a complete lack of awareness of like design, expression, self awareness. But he is aware, and that's what he chooses to do. Is the thing. Yeah, it shows mad. a lack of. It's just mad. His awareness yeah. shows like a lack. you can pick something up in a shop and say that looks like KSI next oh, like, in that time like, and he just has that weird like. Even like his lack of awareness has now become a brand, and you can associate products with it. That's what it's like at the beginning of time. Since I watched, started watching KSI videos, like when we were like fifteen, I swear to God, like that's just—it's not even a running joke. It just is what it is. Yeah, but a lot of people can't see it. A lot of people just go along with it and buy into his brand without just like thinking about it. But that's why things are the way they are. They have so we have so many people that don't have style. <laughs> it's exactly. not it's not just the celebs that don't have style. Yeah, it's the people like that the love their well. celebs yeah. don't have style as well. So it's like yeah. you can't people don't people it's not that people don't care, it's that people don't have the mind for it. They don't their bright their brain doesn't fire in that direction. It's genuinely. Just, it's the same we people that think he makes good music yeah they, what they hear is very different to what we're hearing yeah but that's their taste i mean you, you mm. it's like you, it's, it's difficult to argue with someone's when someone's taste is, is that way inclined you know yeah what okay what do you think about my current style then um it definitely is confident it's definitely in tune with yourself and the culture that you you enjoy being a part of but you know, as as an individual that uses some culture, you're not definitely defined by the culture or anything. Like for me as well, like mm. I think your your culture, your uh, your your style is very cool, and like the fact that you have the boldness to put wear those jeans and like but also <laughs> subtly a supreme t shirt, but just incorporating mam that isn't necessarily a, is it mama? Yeah, mama, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like it's cool. I would think I'd have to spend some time like properly articulating myself over it. Yeah. Um, because I don't want to give you like a just a quick answer because you've spent a lot of time curating that and thinking about it. Um, a lot of time. But I would tell you if I think it was trash, but it's it's good. Well, what do you think about the jeans? Because you, said I like the you jeans, but I like the way you've paired them with the Yeezys as well. Yeah. Because they're sick. Like it's bold. Um, Why and is it bold? Well, it's relatively bold, but like, on your level, it's not bold. Because I I get the looks from people, so I'm wondering why it's good. But it's why good. is it bold though? Like, because a lot of people don't wear those kinds of things. But you've made it work and you've pulled it off in terms of like your colour palette and yeah. you know what you've paired it with and it works. Yeah. Um you've made an outdoors jacket look like a proper like statement, functional like and also a part of the narrative. Mm. You just have to take one look and say it works and it's like a pretty quick snap judgment. Yeah. So it's fine. It's good. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> So what I want to see from you though is 
See? Less Hollister. <laughs> no, the shirt is the shirt is fine. The shirt is great. Like there's nothing wrong with the shirt. You look very relaxed in that shirt. You could I go to good. you I could go good. to many events, yeah. Yeah, places yeah, yeah. in that shirt. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's the trainers. Yeah. Got the TNs on. Yeah, I used to wear the TNs with jeans in uh in uni. I threw the I didn't throw the TNs away, but I didn't like the, I didn't enjoy wearing the TNs after a while. Yeah. They're comfortable for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they they stand the test of time as well. Like you can wash them and they're decent. Yeah. The undersole does wear away. Um, yeah, but I'd say like they are a decent trainer. Like they are expensive, but they are decent. See, the issue for me is because you're wearing a white t-shirt. Yeah. You need to be wearing white trainers. Fair enough. That's 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 the only. I think it's either the shoes or the t-shirt that goes in. Get a black black t-shirt on my way home. No, you need to keep the white shirt. Okay. Especially especially with the guns, it, it works. <laughs> the guns. Yeah. <laughs> what about tattoos? How does that elevate a style? Tattoos definitely do. But ink, dude. <laughs> they do. I think more on a woman. On a woman, sorry. Yeah, definitely communicate something like about your personality, but also it serves as a language between you and other people that maybe have done psychedelics or maybe you've done like, if you're part of a certain like, awareness, you go into a room and someone's got some mad geometric patterns on them. You know what it is. A lot, of people, a lot of people who aren't spiritually aware won't know what it is, but you can definitely strike up conversation about stuff people have got on them on their bodies 100% it's a really cool language I think to use Yeah. whereas most people are like oh you know don't get tattoos how they look when you're older or you know I don't understand it. why would you put ink on your body so well don't try and talk my language if you don't know the language like don't yeah. don't try and have that conversation um, and try and dis- discard it as like a sta- tactic of like belittling someone because you, either you're jealous or like you know just have that kind of thing so yeah I would say like Tattoos are important. Um, you know, I recently got one. I've been very happy with it. Um, I know Atkins got some. Remy's got some as well. But it's an important thing. And I feel like people should express themselves like just on, on many levels. Like, you know, whether it is ink or whether it's like style, fashion, the way they speak, the way they carry themselves. It's all part of becoming a better person. And uh, people observe that in you. You know, self-development is so important. Um, you know, it's not a scam like, a lot of people say now we love you for who you are but it doesn't rid the fact that some people you know we do want to have more out of our lives and you know it unlocks new doors it unlocks new doors for social groups for opportunities in life um people look at you differently like you shouldn't be afraid to test test the test the waters if it works out in your favor um life is very saturated with all kinds of different people and you shouldn't try and just start at the bottom and just work your way up and not do things because other people tell you not to do them. You should try and be yourself and then play life from that position. So whether that's style or anything else, you'll get a lot more from it because if you go where you're needed and you go where you're wanted and you actualize those things physically, exteriorly and internally, then life will start to work for you and it will work way more easier if it's natural, organic and authentic. So definitely be yourself. And if you want to get a tattoo and you want to elevate your style, be my guest. <laughs> I I like her uh, tats and um. I like big tats. <laughs> <laughs> Accessories and a uh, and jewelry. Um, yeah, jewelry is a good one, definitely, definitely. Yeah. People notice it. Yeah. You know, people look at your hands at the bar or the restaurant. People look at your hands. They look at your fingernails, your your wrists what's around your neck yeah uh, but at the same time if you don't have any of those things and you're still that person and it shows 
as an aura, you don't probably need jewelry. And I, I, I've stopped wearing jewelry actually. Wow. Um, just left at home, didn't bring it to London. Just yeah. like last year in London, I was definitely wearing a lot, like all the time, all my fingers and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, actually, I don't need it because I'm confident in myself, and I'm definitely that guy anyway. I'm that guy. And I got a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you think about uh, Raf Simmons? It's cool. Um, I really like the uh, the trainers they did. What do you know about Raf Simmons? Uh, yeah. What do you know? What do you like? Is he is he um, Scandinavian? No. Is he Russian? No. No. Where's he from? Is he American? No, I think he's Austrian. Nearly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I know his face. I know his face. I know he's worked with Fred Perry. I know he's worked with a lot of big brands like Adidas as well. Like that's that's where you at. Fred but I really Perry don't know. A, I really don't know a great deal. But if I saw his design, I'd be like, okay, I can see that's Raf Simmons because he's got like an archetypal style. So he he studied um, architecture at um, it's called Antwerp, I think in Antwerp, mm, yeah. yeah. And I believe. Walter Van, yeah, Walter Van Brunendock was his his mentor. So after he, I think, whilst he was studying architecture, after he graduated, or both basically, he he worked with Walter, and this kind of that moment he he realized he wanted to go into fashion because he went to the first uh, Margiela show, I think it was the White Show, mm. and he he saw it and he couldn't believe it, like, how amazing it was. So he moved into fashion. I think his yeah. first collection was in 91, I believe. Or well, that might have been uh, the Margiela one. But yeah, by, by 92, 94, 95, it was up and running. How do, Can I ask a question quick before yeah. we go further? How do people just move into fashion and make a collection? Where does the money come from? And do they make money on the first thing? I heard that Victoria Beckham loses like... A lot of money. Um, like a great deal of money every year. It's not even, it's just a lifestyle hobby for it, but they lose money. It's like 11 million pound a year they lose it, or maybe more than that. Because it's I'm expensive. It. It's expensive. Like, um, so what's the point of it? It's just literally like a hobby. Like. Especially for someone like her, if you're working in um, contour, so that's like lingerie, swimwear. Right. Victoria Beckham's high end fashion label has debts of 53.9 million. Yeah, I mean, for her, I don't know why they love singling her out as That's if depressing. other brands aren't in debt and shit. It's just depressing. And other designers. And there's people out there going to work every day doing jobs they hate. Well, and she, because she can afford to lose money on her. I mean, it's because people are reporting it. Like, you wouldn't know other people's. Um, yeah, there's lots of businesses making a loss, isn't there? Yeah. She's just not publicised. And she yeah. is like a... Isn't she a soul trader? She's a fucking pirate trader. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 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 go back to Graf Simmons. Yeah. Um, uh, do you know about Antwerp 6? Rings a bell, but I'm not sure. So Walter Walter is Walter Van Berendonck, he was one of the Antwerp 6. Yeah. They were basically six designers that all went to the same uni i believe um and they basically went to a trade show here in london and to show off their designs and they all knew each other i think they, i think they were all friends as well but they were on the wrong floor all right. so then some guy that went to the floor they were on um couldn't pronounce their names sorry <laughs> 
He just dubbed them the Antwerp Six. <laughs> like Chris Van Ash, Walter Van Berendonk, um, Andrew Lemista. Yeah. Um, Margiela was their older. So he was like okay. a couple of years older than them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you have a lot of fashion people that come from Antwerp, Raf, the Antwerp Six, and Margiela. Um, yeah, Raf's Raf's work is crazy. F- it's F- progressive. That's it. It's cool. One of the best male designers of all time. Um, he's worked. He's worked. Yeah, his his label Raf Simmons. He's worked for Prada. He's worked for Calvin Klein. What was that long ass name? Calvin Klein three hundred five. Blah blah. NYC. Yeah. What about things like Tom Ford, where they know how things should look, but it's definitely for like a an aspirational guy that just wants like to be kicked through an expensive shop and See, then seen in Tom Ford. Tom Ford is different because different, he's actually yeah. a designer. Yeah. He used to be an actor. He used to work at Gucci. Yeah. He did, so yeah. it's like he started in architecture as well. Did he? Yeah. That's really? what he studied. Yeah. Wow. And obviously. Virgil as well like yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of it that lends itself in terms of form shape and you know yeah just aesthetic I don't know why a lot of architectures architects sorry like um are involved in the fact I mean I get like the people that did deal with like costume design like someone like um Matthew Williams or a Virgil they did set and costume design who's Matthew Williams again uh Givenchy oh. Alix yeah I was gonna say Alix yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair. All right. uh, do you want to wrap it up for this? Yeah, I do actually. Um, I'm getting kind of bored now still. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <Joking>. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think interestingly, just like individual style, you know, yeah. don't um, always think you know what people are trying to communicate. They're doing it for the right reasons and for their own self-expression and development. Yeah. Um, but if you see someone that is trying something, definitely encourage it. Yeah. Uh, definitely tell them if it's the wrong thing, but be constructive yeah. about it. And yeah. don't tell them in like some tone of voice. You can't go out like that or what are those? Because you're really doing <laughs> some damage to that person's <laughs> ego and like world and reality. So and always be th- constructive. And you have to think about if you're on some shit anyway, like... Are you on some like boss shit that you're telling somebody like, oh, you can't be doing that. You can't. You're like, you look like yeah. a mess. Like, what are you on? Like, seriously, <laughs> what are you wearing? What are you wearing, bro? But yeah, I think for the most part, it's great to be celebrating style. It's great to be utilizing things different ways. Yeah. Um, it's to be celebrated. Yeah. Well, this was episode seventeen of the Just Take podcast with mm. myself, Remy, and Alex. Yeah, we out.